Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today is National DJ Day, so it's time to hear from the legendary Grandmaster Flash, who pioneered the genre with his 1982 hit The Message, and later became the first hip-hop artist inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We spoke in 2020 when he brought his event Hip-Hop People, Places, and Things to the now-defunct U Street Music Hall in Washington, D.C. Hey, uh, thanks so much for for taking the time to call in. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So there's so much we can talk about, but let's start with with your show itself. Um, It's called Hip Hop People, Places, and Things. If if some of our listeners, maybe let's say maybe they've come out to see you before in in past years. I know you've done a lot in D.C. recently. Um, But how how does this show maybe maybe differ from maybe what they've seen you in before? Okay, well, this, this type of performance differs for all hip-hop style DJs, and, and what I'm saying to you is, you know, um, I've been doing this for quite some time, and what has happened in my years is every now and then I would do an interview, you know, whether it be a blog or television or radio, and when I was trying to explain to people the beginnings of how this whole thing started in the 70s, some of you guys would look at me like, we don't understand, what do you mean? Because a lot of this that we did, we did with nothing, you understand? So what we did, me and my team decided to do, was put together a visual presentation while I'm DJing. So, for example, on how I created the quick mix theory in the art of how I, I manipulate the disc back and forth. I've tried for many decades to explain how important that is to extend the beat so that the rappers had a, a backing track to speak on. So now I have an LED wall as part of my requirements. I have uh, cameras on the turntables so that you can physically see how I invented this in the 70s because you got to have a backing track so that you could rap. But you got to realize back in the 70s, we had no technology. No computers, no studios, no beat machines, no apps, <laughs> no nothing. So how would the music track be generated? We had to get duplicate copies of the record and pick the desired section where the drum solo was, which is a lot of times was like 10 seconds, and sort of cut and paste it and extend it for three or four minutes so that the rapper would have a beat to speak on. You know, so these kind of things need to be seen so that people will now go, oh. And then also there's places 
you know, on the visual presentation while I'm DJing, it's people's places like where we used to live before we became famous, before we, you know, before we we started traveling the world. Like I, I lived in a project, so did Jay Z, so did Biggie, and all these, and we, and we show all these places on 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 the screen. So because we're we're in an information age, and I find it critically important that if I'm going to speak about you know hip-hop history of people, places, or things. I'm going to explain it to you, but I'm also going to visually show you so that when you leave out of there, you would have probably gained some knowledge that you might not have known prior to me coming. I don't want to let the whole cat out the bag, but that's how <laughs> it's going down. It's me on the ones and twos and a visual presentation on an LED wall behind me so that you could see. Because, you know, these kids want to know. But, you know, because this, 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 this thing didn't happen by someone just uh, tripping over a wire. This is, this is math, bars, and science, and you've got to have a backing track to speak on. Now, we do have some rappers that can rap a cappella and do it amazingly, but it's very few. Everybody else needs a backing track. So how did the backing track get created? I'm going to show you how I did it. And that's pretty much uh, what hip-hop people places in things. It's things. It's turntables. It's how it was done. Places. It was in the Bronx. You know, people. There's various people, you know. And uh, I kind of want to just give a visual presentation along with my audio presentation, which I've always been doing, you know, for the past uh, 40-plus years. Now, that's going to be really cool. So not only is it going to be, you know, B-roll of, you know, the places and, you know, sort of archival stuff, footage. I call it A-roll. We're going to say B-roll. We're going to say A-roll, A-roll, A-roll. A-roll, baby. It's going to be live cameras on your hands as you're doing it. That's going to be Live cameras on my hands. I'm going to kind of, like, break it down, like, I'm gonna really break it break it down on how I did it and why when I went shopping for records to find that drum solo that drum break if it was ten seconds or or or, or twenty seconds why we went shopping in the pop section of the record store or the rock section or the jazz <laughs> section or the blues section or the funk section or the R and B section or the alternative section or the Caribbean section or the Latin section, just to find that drum break. Because this was needed. And I did this without realizing that this would service the break dancers, but later serve as the backing track for rappers to speak on. Didn't realize that. And that process is still done today, but the only difference is you go into a studio or you have an app. Or you have a a, a a a a beat machine and all these things, but we didn't have these back then. So this is this this kind of information. I think because of the enormousness of where hip hop is, people need to know where this thing came from and how it started. And why do I say that it's based on bars, beats, and math? Why do I say that? You know, and uh, why do I I, I talk about? from a musical perspective, that this is a multi-genre, multi-race uh, uh, situation, you know, because some of my records, some of my breaks and my 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 beats 
came from overseas, or from right. a black band, or a white band, or an American band. You know, and, and you know me, my common thread coming up as a kid in my house, I was quite fortunate as a toddler and as a you know young adolescent. My four sisters and mom and dad. I can hear anything from Miles Davis to Tito Puente in a day, you know, and and, and, <laughs> and, and, and go, wow, I can hear Motown, or I can hear funk, or I can hear a disco. And this is the way I grew up. So I don't personally, I never cared about a chart. I think that dope music is just dope music, and it could be a white band to do it, or a black band, or a foreign band, or an American band, because my area was the area of expertise, and the funky drum break is a funky drum break. Exactly. You, so explain that a little more. You're saying that your your family, your your siblings, your parents, would they just have a massive good collection in the Bronx that you would just – Yeah, everybody had their own case. <laughs> like everybody has – like, you know, my, my, my sister Violet might play – who's my older sister might, might play, you know, Motown, you know, and then my, then my sister Kameda might play uh, disco. And, and and mom may play Lena Horn, and dad may play Miles Davis, you know, and, and, and it goes on and on and on. I would hear a smorgasbord of different type of music on a daily basis for quite some time. And this, this of course, was not planned. It was just the way that whoever was on the stereo. I guess me being too little, I wasn't allowed to touch the stereo. And if I did, I got my butt kicked, you know. So, um, <laughs> uh you know, and that's another story that I'm going to explain. I'm going to stop the music and I'm going to talk to people, you know, about the things that I went through and the hell I went through to come up with this turntable technique where you, where I touch my fingertips on the body of the record and manipulate it. It's, it's, it's the way that a music bed was generated and people need to know how and why. And the process is still the same today. You have to go into a studio, create a music bed, so that the rapper has something to speak on. I just did it with vinyl, you know. So these kind of historical things need to be told. People need to understand that this this thing came from somewhere, you know, and people, you know, uh, gave their lives for this. I'm going to talk about it, you know, and uh, I find it's critically important in this information age that people need to know why this thing is the big monster that it is today because it is maybe even arguably the biggest cultural music phenom on the planet. So why is it? Why is that? So I like to go back to the beginning and say it was a bit of pop, a bit of rock, a bit of jazz, a bit of blues, a bit of funk, a bit of R&B, a bit of disco, you know, a bit of Latin. Like I, 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 I think it's, that plays a major role on how it, it, it started, you know. So for me, it's like me doing uh, like a lecture slash party, like jam education. Like we're jamming, but I'm giving you an education at the same time. That's pretty much what it's Jam-ucation. People, <laughs> place, places and things. It's a, it's a jam-ucation. That's, that's pretty much what it is. And I'm going to play with the crowd. I'm going to... Manipulate a manipulate a sound, and I'm gonna want the crowd to answer. Like we're gonna do it this way, okay? We're gonna use this record, and every time I do something, I want you to react. Boom! I react. Boom! They react. I react. Like you know, because 
what also what makes hip hop so I- incredible is that it's very interactive and it always has been. We ain't playing for you. We're playing with you. Right, and as you right. respond, we we respond, and as we respond, you respond. Whether it's musically or lyrically, don't matter. Exactly. And educate our listeners a little <laughs> bit more on. Uh, I love that term you just made up. Um, explain a little bit. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. You know, much more clear standing there watching the video screens. But sure. just for the purposes of. I mean, we're on the radio, so I'm trying to paint a visual picture with the words here, <laughs> uh, which you're so good. But explain, go, take me a deeper dive into some of those techniques. Like you mentioned quick mix theory. I know there's like the backspin technique. The quick mix theory is, is, is the DJ technique that I came up with where I manipulated the vinyl, you know. And um, like I would take a, a, a track from any group, let's just say um, – Thin Lizzy, you know, Johnny the Fox. Now, that drum break on there is probably about 15 seconds. But the break dancer is originally what I created this turntable technique for because they needed something to perform their dancing on. And then years later, I would put up, you know, when I had my makeshift uh, crappy sound system in the park, I would put a mic on the other side of the table to see if there was anybody that could sort of vocalize to this new style of this continuous drum break happening, you know, happening uh, seamlessly, sort of like a cut and a paste. And that's pretty much where it started, you know, because you need a clean bed of music with no singing. So I had to find a part where the band kind of like shut up where it was just a drummer for a couple of seconds, like a drum solo. See, it's kind of hard to explain. You have to see it. You kind of have to see it to really understand, you know, like I might, you know, I would take a, a, a Michael Jackson, you know, Jackson 5 break, you know, and um, uh, 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 what's, what's, what's the name of one? Uh, uh, Oh my goodness! Oh, a slide in the family stone break. You know, sing a simple song. The drum break is incredible, but it's so short on the record. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a way to cut, play, cut and paste. And then think, the thing for me also is music has no color. A great drum break is a great drum break. So I might go from slide in the family stone to Queen, then out of Queen, go to Miles Davis, come out of Miles Davis, go into a, a, a funk band or, or, or whatever. But it's continuous on time to the beat. And these kind of things, people need to understand, how did I come up with a way to manually cut and paste one area of a composition of a different genre to another on time (laughs) to the beat continuously? How did I do it? I have to explain it. And I I tell Lenny, who's my my videographer, turn on the cameras. And I (laughs) show you very slowly how I did it. I'm saying it's such revolutionary stuff and kids today just take it for granted. They they hit the the song on their you know, on Spotify or whatever and they're not even thinking about it. But you did that analog and invented a genre. Um yeah, actually it, you pasted together it, lots it, of genres. <laughs> it kinda I mean thank you. Thank you. But I do know that as a kid, because of my growing up and in, in, in hearing my siblings and mom and dad play the the, the various different types of music. I had to figure out a way to, if you could kind of, I, I kind of say, 
I analogically had all the different genres hold hands. It's like, you know, when you're in school and, and the teacher's crossing the street. She says, everybody, hold hands, and we all walk across <laughs> the street. So I do that with music. So I say to this German drum break, hold hands, which is the American funk break, and then this African funk break, and I tell everybody to hold hands. And that's how I kind of connect one to the other because where I come from, music has no color. It don't matter. It just has to be sort of cut and paste on time to the beat. And because we are in the information age, it is paramount that I show this to people so that they understand why the rapper today needs a continuous bed of music so that they can tell their story. I just generated it almost 50 years ago when it was nothing. Today you can get an app or you can use a, 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 a beat machine, you know, or a producer would come in or, you know, um, stuff of that nature. And a lot of people followed behind it, you know, with it, you know, before Dr. Dre became the incredible the, the incredible uh, producer that he's become, and he's probably one of the most important when it comes to the hip-hop thing, Dr. Dre, but he's a DJ, you know, and a lot of the, D, and a lot of the DJs today that w have a producer's ear, because we DJs, we hear music differently. We, we hear it differently. That's why we could dismantle a certain break and reconstruct it in such a way so that someone can speak on it. This is a science that's not told. This is a, this is a, a theory that's not told. And I think, you know, I, I come from a time where we used to keep things a secret, you know, because we were in competition with each other in the Bronx. But, you know, we're at an age now, information age. Sharing is paramount. It's extremely important. How did he do it? What is he talking about? Right. How did he get it? Like, it's, 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 you know, you know, why, how, what. That's very important these days. So I've decided to pull a sheet off of it and, 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 and show people how it's done. The magician is going to reveal his tricks at <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's awesome. I'm going to use that line. I'm going to use that line. Feel free to take that. You don't even need to credit me, man. Just <laughs> Oh, that's so great. Well, you've been – well, you, that's what I thought of when you said, you know, you back in the day you would keep your your techniques a secret, but now you're sharing it. I'm going to tell you this before we split. So here's how we used to keep our secrets. So let's just say, let's just say the song "Good Times" by Sheik. Let's just say that was that's a break, and people used to rap and dance over that, right? So let's just say if the song "Good Times," and I want to use that song because everybody knows what "Good Times" is. They know how the break sounds, right? So mm -hmm. let's just say that was a, a a break that someone discovered in the record store. What we what I would do is when I if I discovered that I would listen to it on the turntables, go, oh, wow, this is great for me to play in the uh, the gymnasium next week or in the community center next week. So what I would do is take the duplicate copies that I bought of that song, right? Are you following me? Yep. Okay. Now, when we go 
record shops is sometimes it's a crapshoot. And but once you break the plastic, you buy it, like it or not. So a lot of times we would buy records on guessing. So sometimes I would bring the record home and play every cut trying to find that drum solo and it would all be crap. So that would go in the crap crate, like okay, you know, <laughs> uh there was nothing on it then when I find a heartbreak, what I would do is take the duplicate copies of the song I thought had a break on it, soak that in the bathtub, and then the break that I have that I know is hot, and soak that in a bathtub, right? You following me? Wow. You following me? Yeah, keep and going. Then soak the labels off. Soak the labels off and switch them <laughs> so that when a DJ would come to want to see what that break is on the low, they're trying to stare at my turntables, or somebody's trying to stare at the turntables to see what the break was, they would go buy the crapshoot one, the stiff. They would wow. never know because it was always too prideful for us to walk up to DJ and say what that break is. We'd rather send a spy in or come to the party and look because we heard about it in the street or we heard about it on a, on a mixtape. So we would go to the party to see what it is, but you would end up going to go buy the stiff, and that was probably one of the biggest jokes of of, of the streets when it came to DJing. We would soak the label off and put the bullcrap label on the hot break, and 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 and, and put the um hot break on the bullcrap label. So if you can just picture that, if yeah, you can picture hilarious. it exactly, it's disgusting, it's funny, but this is how you kept your secrets. People need to know what the, that is. It's the magician, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's how we kept our arsenal private, you know. You know, or we would take magic markers and scrape it out, or we would cut a, a piece of paper and circle it and, and glue it on top of the label and call it and give it a nickname. This, these, these are the kind of things that people they need to know. Like this thing came out of like well thought math, science, beats. Bars, lots of record shopping, you know, and, 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 and people need to know how this thing came together. They need to know, you know, because hip hop is a big monster now, and that's that's fine. But I like to go back to the beginning so that people can really get a grasp of what the hell we went through to get it here. All that label soak. <laughs> uh, that's that's. Man, you're giving me gold. Hey, before we go, I just want to ask real quick. Um, you were the first hip-hop artist in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's an honor. I know Biggie just got in this year. I think Tupac got in Love like, it. last year. But uh, how big of an honor is that? And and are you excited when you see all these guys finally getting their due in, in the Hall of Fame? I am so happy. And, like, for example, even during this show, we do something in Biggie's honor. You know, you know uh, it's like, you know, and also we, we have to – learn how to pay tribute to those who are no longer here that did major things like Biggie. You know, um, you know, sometimes we tend to take things for granted, and I think that um, as, as one of the elder statements of the culture, one of the architects of the culture, we need to say, this is why this is. This is why this sounds like this, and this is why that sounds like that, and this person musically musical track, the backing track, sounds like this. And this is why this sample that you think was made today, you know, like I used to argue with my kids, like, you know, uh, there'd be a, a, a hot song on the radio, 
and I know it's a sample, and they're going, oh, Dad, you old. That, that, ain't, that, ain't, that ain't a sample. I'm like, you sure? They say, I'm absolutely <laughs> sure. And I would go into my collection, and I would play the original sample, and they'd go, oh, oh, wow. So it's, it's just so much to teach the babies today. And this is what hip-hop people, places, and things is. We just want to teach people. You know, if you grew up in a house of of rock and roll, you knew who the Rolling Stones was. If you grew up in a house of jazz, you knew who Miles Davis is. You know, if you knew if you, if you grew up in a house of funk, you knew who Zap was. You know, it's just in hip hop, it's 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 a little blurry. So someone has to to, to sort of ch- kind of clear it up if possible, and I and I choose to do that in a way of jamming. And and and, and uh, education, jam education, it's pretty much awesome. it. Well, everybody, everybody, come out and get jamucated uh, at U Street Music Hall, Grandmaster Flash. You're the man. Yeah, that was that was some great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing you, man. And thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.